Welcome to Music She Missed, the podcast where I try to get my best friend caught up in some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison. Hi, I'm Rachel, and I missed all the music. Hey, Rachel. Welcome to Season 5? Wow, I can't believe we've gotten this far. Me neither. I thought you were going to give up, like, after Nirvana. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hated Nirvana. <laughs> that was a sad week. But this is a happy week. Well, okay. So we are in the middle of a global pandemic, recording oh. our podcast, using a bunch of technology. So audience, please forgive us. Uh, there are some little technical difficulties. So for people that are new to the podcast, Rachel, every week I pick a different musician or artist for you to listen to. Um, chances are you, you don't know anything about them. You've never heard of them before. Mm-mm. And then you come back and report, you know, your, your findings, your discoveries on what uh, everybody else pretty much already knows. Uh, but the other fun thing about the podcast is before I reveal the artist and guest every week, uh, I like to do a little get to know you kind of tangentially related topical discussion. Um, but my question for you this time is, have you ever learned a phrase in another language um, from an unusual method? So whether or not you studied that language in school, maybe you picked it up in a TV episode or a movie or a song, though for you, that'd be unlikely. Um, or any, <laughs> any type of creative way. Like for me, um, being a big Arrested Development fan, I know that the way you say hello in Korean is Anyang. 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 So. Well, you, Anyang. <laughs> you became so, your cat after the um, show. Well, yeah, no, I'm a big fan, but because yeah. I watched it a lot, that word, if, if I were to hear people speaking Korean, like, and I heard that word, I'd be like, oh, I know what that means because I learned it in that show. So I want to know if you have a, a word or a phrase that you have learned um, in that way in another language. Hmm. I know some. Hmm. Ooh, were you about to say bad words? Yeah, I was. <laughs> ah! Which bad words did you learn and in what language and how? I know some German ones. You lived in Germany, so <laughs> that's yeah. kind of cheating. I like the onion part, though. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so what's up with this question that works with the next artist? What? Okay. So, um, I studied French in high school, not Spanish, okay. but I know how to say I'm a loser in Spanish <laughs> because of this artist. <laughs> I know a couple things by in Spanish from Sesame Street. Big Bird is not this artist. Does that help? <laughs> no. Okay. What? Well, then maybe we should do the big reveal. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Yes, let's do it. Drum roll. Beck. Beck? Yeah. Who the heck is Beck? <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, he's a super famous musician. Uh, <laughs> famous? What? <laughs> he's super famous. He's been playing music for 20 years. He's won Grammys. I really missed 
Fantastic. He has 11 <laughs> albums. I'm such a loser. No, oh, why so why you don't you kill me? What? Oh, really? Is that the song? <laughs> you just said I'm okay. So now you have to listen to Beck because you are a loser. Okay. You will, you will connect with, uh, with him. And, uh, our special guest that will be with us, uh, is going to be my comedy buddy, Decker. Oh, fun. You met him at my Decker. birthday. Yes. He's cool. I like him. Yeah. Well, he's super excited to share this really awesome musician with you. So it's just one guy and his name is Beck. Yes. And so he doesn't have a last name. Well, he does. I mean, he was born with a last name. I'm going (laughs) to let uh, Decker answer all your questions about Beck after your homework, which is one week of listening one hour every single day. And then we come back and we get to talk about it. Before we do that on a scale of one to 10, would you rank your current knowledge of Beck at a straight up one? I would say maybe a zero. That's not a choice. (laughs) All right. Number one. Okay. All right, Rachel. Well, I am, this is an artist I really like, and I'm super excited for you to spend the week uh, listening to Beck. That's awesome. Let's do it. All right. Audience, I hope that you'll listen to the playlist along with Rachel by searching for Spotify colon user colon music she missed. And Rachel, I'll see you next week. And audience will be back with you in just a moment. Welcome back. Rachel, you spent the last week listening to Beck. But before we talk about it, let's welcome our guest host of our first guest host of season five, my friend Decker. Hi. Hi, Allie. Hi, Hi, Rachel. Awesome. I had a great time uh, rocking out to this playlist, but um, you would have probably suspected that. Rachel, what did you think? It was a very interesting week where there was some songs that I actually was surprised to like, mm. and then some songs that I wanted to call up the artist or band or whoever I was listening to <laughs> and kind of say, hey, I want to critique a few things <laughs> and change a few things if you wanted my opinion, which I doubt he does. And... um and then some of the stuff, which it really took a lot of willpower for me to not mute or skip the song. <laughs> yeah, no skipping allowed. Nope. I know, so sad, but sometimes good. So that's interesting. You kind of had a mixed bag. Well, it's not surprising that you had a mixed bag because um, Beck has been ma- making music a long time in a variety of genres, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, Decker, you just want to jump in and give me your correction now. Yes. So I have a correction to make. In the opening, you said Beck had 11 albums. He yeah. has 14. 14. Okay. So I did a Google search after you were like, 
I'm going to correct you. And Google even told me 13. So I am confused. But, you know, the more the music, the better. Yes. So two of them, two of them were released before Mellow Gold. And they were released uh, on independent labels and nobody heard them. Like they, okay. they printed like 2000 copies. If you print an album before Mellow Gold doesn't make a sound and nobody hears it. <laughs> well, I screwed up that joke, <laughs> but you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. So two of these 14, I'm forgiven. What's the other one? What did I forget? Uh, I'm guessing you probably forgot one foot in the grave, which was okay. released after Mellow Gold, but recorded before. And is really Beck's, we may be getting ahead of the, ahead of the discussion <laughs> on style here, but, uh, <laughs> it is, it is Beck's most folky album. Oh, okay. It's largely acoustic and he does some, uh, like he does some covers of some like Carter family classics. Which song was so that? I, that was not on your list. Yeah, that was <laughs> on the playlist. <laughs> so hopefully therefore I'm getting a pass. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So Rachel, why don't we, uh, jump in? You had never heard Beck before. No, I never heard Beck, let alone even knew that they existed. I am referring to Beck as they, him, not so much her, cause I'm thinking it's a guy. It is a guy. Is it a band or is it a man? What is this? Uh, Beck is a single person. Huh. They're kind of surprising me on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it kind of sounded like as I was listening, maybe there was an- another voice, not in the same song, but I don't know. So, um, one of the things Beck did a lot of, does a lot of, um, is sample himself. What? So. Do, do you know that word, Rachel, sample? In music terms? Yes. <laughs> I know what the- you know, free samples, right? Let's go. <laughs> okay. What are you talking about? What? Sampling. What? So sampling um, is uh, like when you take a sound piece or a sound clip and then you layer it and play it back. Right. So basically it's taking, it's taking any piece, a lot of times even from other songs, mm-hmm. right? And looping it or putting it in the song and using that as like a foundation, like build on top of it. A lot of hip hop artists do this. Um, I mean, That's it's a- not exclusive to that at all, yeah. but for example, in the song, uh, loser, the little guitar slide, mm-hmm. right? Being looped like continuously. Oh. Okay. I'm hoping that's a sample. That is. A I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Okay. You know, he still, he still comes back to it. See, Beck is very, uh, hard to pigeonhole into a style. I noticed that. So he kind of has, you know, lots of, he has a pretty wide, pretty big toolkit that he pulls from. So Beck Hansen, he does have a last name, was born Beck David Campbell. He is not related to I'm guessing anyone you are going to say. Um, bop people. Nope. Boys. Nope. Yeah, Hanson. Okay. Nope. Um, okay. Hanson is actually his mother's name. Oh. Uh, his mother was, uh, BB Hanson and she was 
fun fact, uh, very active in the Andy Warhol factory scene. Ooh, art. Sixties, yeah. And his, uh, father was a, is a, uh, musical arranger. Cool. And so definitely coming from an artistic. Yes. Creative. Now I see that in his music. So yeah, definitely coming from an artistic family. Um, he grew up in a predominantly Latin district of LA. I thought it was Europe. Nope. You thought it was Europe? Yeah. Why? Well, when there were some of those instruments that I couldn't recognize, I didn't know if that was like techno and the European techno, might I add. So I didn't know. Oh, I see. You associate um, synthesized music with Europe? Mostly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to even try. (laughs) (laughs) No, continue with your impression of European like techno pop. I would love to hear it. <laughs> you were saying so, LA? What time? I was say, yeah, grew up, grew up in LA. He, he actually, uh, he dropped out of school oh. in the ninth grade. Wow, that's early. When he was 17, he was at a friend's house and he picked up a record of a guy named Mississippi John Hurt, who is a old Delta Blues folk singer. Yeah, Rachel's shaking her head because we haven't spent a lot of, I mean, even just like clarifying types of blues at this sure. point is. <laughs> so Delta blues refers to a type of blues from the South. You know, a lot of like slide guitar picking. Is that like more B.B. King? Not B.B. King. Because he's more trepid. That's the closest thing. That is the closest yeah. thing she knows. But it is. So let's is go with yes. Yes. <laughs> for now. <laughs> So he fell in love with this old style of folk singing and um, later branched out into other um, folk acts like Woody Guthrie, Lead Belly. This is this is um, Rachel's deer in headlights. Yeah. Look. So why don't we why don't we jump to why don't we jump to his hit his breakout? Yeah. So um, let me guess which one out of them all. It is. Uh, sex laws? Nope. Uh, where it's at? Oh, ooh, ooh close. Okay, no. all right. All right. Now I'm just naming out the do you remember? Do you remember how I put the songs in chronological order? Huh? You know how, like, I always put the songs in chronological order for you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, is it the first one? <laughs> it is. Oh. It is. Loser. <laughs> So loser, <laughs> let's talk about loser. Okay. Because this one, uh, Beck kind of recorded it on a whim. Huh. Did not have, did not really think there was anything to it. After spending a time in New York, he kind of came back to LA and was hanging out in the club scene there and went over to a, a friend's house and laid down the sample of the slide guitar, then just kind of started rapping to it. It got picked up by an independent label. They printed about 500 copies, and then it started getting a lot of radio play, and it, it blew up almost overnight. Like, this was, you know, 93 or 94, right? 94. Yeah. That this was starting to happen. All of a sudden, Beck found himself being courted by these major record executives because of this song he kind of recorded on a lark. And then it, it got on MTV, and it, it got 
and it became this kind of slacker anthem, this kind of like Gen X call to, you know, just do nothing. Do nothing. (laughs) Beck was not pleased with that. Oh. I I think he was impressed by that or, you know, pleased with the the success. But there is one interview where I read, and I'm not going to repeat it word for word because this is a family podcast, but he said basically that, you know, I've never slacked a day in my life. I was working you know, $4 an hour jobs. And I, I worked for this, you know, I'm no, I'm no slacker. And he didn't want to be labeled as that. It's a really, especially like in that sort of mid nineties alternative rock, if you Mm -hmm. want to call it that. And this kind of like alternative music scene is really growing. There's a lot of bands doing things that are understated or weird or dark, as opposed to coming out of the eighties with like, kind of glamour and hair and metal and um (laughs) yeah bracelet like what you mean like slap bracelets (laughs) (laughs) but this song to me is just like one in like a sea of mid 90s i mean we're a little young for it Mm -hmm. at the time but that sort of mid 90s slackery young Gen X kind of feel. And the song is also just nonsense. It is. So it was really yeah. fun in high school to like yeah. learn all of the nonsense. Huh. I don't know. It's it's really poetic nonsense. It's addictive nonsense. It is. It is. The funny part is like where thinking of the termites choking on the splinters and I'm sorry, go ahead. Well the funny part that Yes, I know that Allison listed in chronological order, but the reason why I'm kinda the funny part is that Surprise that loser is the one song that kind of is a big break. It wasn't mine for him. Like, it wasn't one of my mm-hmm. favorites. It wasn't honestly any of the song. Like, I listed probably about 10 songs of just notes through each of the songs. And loser's not one of them. I don't even, it's not like it's one of my favorites or least favorites. I think, um, cause I see where you're coming from okay. there. Um, and I think it's, it was, it's, it was really like, as Ali kind of said, it was really a song of the times. And it was mm-hmm. one of those songs that kind of crystallized a lot of things coming together in the early nineties that kind of fit there. I'll, uh, but standing by itself, like I, I'm, I'm with you. It's not my favorite Beck huh. song. It it's is iconic. Yeah. It's iconic. Um, it, it, it's his highest charting song. Like I said, he, he didn't, he, he kind of pushed back against it a while like he started kind of rebelling at like concerts and stuff instead of playing like you know his music he would do like these like blues jazz miles davis riffs and like just start changing the words and kind of to mess with just to mess with people yeah i would say it's almost kind of like correct me if i'm wrong analogous to Creep by Radiohead. Yes, right? like, very much. It's a song. It's a song that like became really popular. That like everybody was into, and the artist themselves is kind of like, like I don't really want to play this because Beck is one of those artists like Radiohead, like David Bowie, like a lot of the other artists that we have talked about, mm-hmm. who's constantly reinventing, right, and creating, exploring genres. Not just trying to get out pop hits. One of his quotes from a, a recent interview where they were talk, going back and looking at it, you know, they asked him if, you know, where he was. And his comment was, I'm always in the middle of my own continuum. 
Yeah, which, l- listen, Beck's weird, okay? Oh, I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, you just have to watch the music video to Sex Laws to realize that. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, he's very much, like, not out to set hits. He's he's out to, as cliched as it sounds, he's out to make the music that he wants to make. Yeah, he's wanting to um, make what he wants to make. He's not ready to, he doesn't want to please the people. Right. He doesn't even care if the people no. like it. He likes it. So that's all he cares. Well, well, I, care I wouldn't say, yeah, like it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that liking something is a short-term goal for an artist, mm-hmm. right? It should make you think. You should have to think about whether or not you like yes. something mm. if it's art. Otherwise, it's just pop. I don't know. Yeah, that might I'm, be. I'm, I'm with that. Rachel, do you have more questions before we kind of progress? So, Decker, I have a more personal question for you. Does your wife like this music? She does not. Okay. okay. <laughs> My wife and I, the, the Venn diagram of songs I like and, and music she likes has a very tiny sliver in the middle. I want to know who what that sliver is and that you guys to like co-host. An episode. <laughs> well, you've already done one of them, so. That's funny. Oh, that sounds okay. a lot like Fair me enough. and my husband. Let's talk Odalay. Let's talk Odalay. So, Odalay, you know, Beck went kind of went back into studio after Mellow Gold and after Loser and um determined to prove he like is not a one-hit wonder. Cause that was kind of some of the, the buzz that was coming out after him that he was a phony and, and this kind of like, you know, uh, one hit wonder. And, uh, so he, he got together with, um, these guys, the, the Dust Brothers, which were, uh, producers of the Beastie Boys. They put together this record, a lot of samples that we talked about. It actually, it actually started out as being kind of more of an acoustic one and acoustic and then Beck didn't really like it, so he kind of threw the whole album out and kind of started from yeah, scratch, and, and that's where we out. got. Um... <laughs> okay, so, wait, so wait, wait, wait. this is actually this album is double platinum. No way, you're Has sold over two over two million copies. Okay, so Alice, this album is is really Alice really important. Yeah. Beginning of the week. Hey, you may or may not want to let your daughter listen to it and. You know, um, she's now eight years old. I forgot. She's asking lots of questions and actually, you know, getting into stuff. And so I kind of forgot that Allison said it. And then also I just said, you know, whatever. And then she's like, Mom, what's a cocaine nose job? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that I'll the song where yeah, it's yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, Mom, can you stop playing this song? And then um, I'm like, I'm not allowed to skip it. Um, I have to listen to it. She's like. Um, I think you're allowed to skip it. It's right there on the iPhone. Let me show you. And, you know, she's in that, <laughs> I know all these techie things, mom, <laughs> kind of things. Okay. okay, Rachel. So I I want to teach you about technology you miss. They're called earphones. Yeah. Okay. Another so... question is um, the devil's haircut, okay, at the end of that mm-hmm. song. What yeah. in the world is that sound? I want to let you know that is awful. Oh, in the where it's at in the chorus that kind no, of no devil's mechanical. Part. I'm not sure which part you're talking about. Yeah, the very end. 
Well, where where he end, where he's like screaming, got a devil's haircut oh, in so my that's mind. Him screaming. Oh, I thought that yeah. was some kind of instrument. I'm like with what? like an electronic filter or something. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I thought the song you would hate the most was Derelict. I did too. Um, actually, I was kind of neutral on it because at first I did not like it, and then I liked a little bit, and then by the end of the week, I was like, dude, I'm actually memorizing some of these lyrics. And singing along. I don't know if you had any trouble with understanding any of the lyrics. Yes. There was times where because I could tell him as an artist, he didn't want it plainly laid out for any of your list, any of his listeners to really understand what's going on. And so part of it is like, I don't think maybe he even understood. <laughs> he later admitted. In a, in, in an interview with Rolling Stone, I think it was that, um, a lot of those, uh, vocals, some of those vocals were what they call scratch vocals, basically placeholders. Yeah. So to keep the, to keep the melody and the rhythm for the song you're creating and you're like, Oh, I'll change these lyrics later. Paul McCartney did the same thing with yesterday. It was scrambled eggs. Oh, baby, how I love your legs yeah. or something for like until he came up with the lyrics for that yeah. they just kept Beck just kept it in yeah so you know <laughs> I, so I guess they just felt that like love machines on the sympathy crutches you know as it just as they just kept playing it over and over they just liked the way the words sound so they kept interesting them. that's a very uh I'm so not a lyric person that I didn't even realize that it was nonsense that fact that you just said, say it again, love machine, what? Lo- love machines on the sympathy crutches, discount orgies on dropout buses. Yeah. So in my head, it's like, like everything yeah. to me is just like, it's just this, it's not even words. Uh, we were just getting ready to talk about sex laws. That is my favorite song. Well, okay. It was definitely my favorite song in like 2001. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's, it's a fun, it's a really fun song. Um, and, uh, you know, a little bit, I mean, kind of very different than Odalay. Um, yeah. More like more of a funky inspiration, a lot of yeah. Prince inspiration on that album. Rachel, what was your thought about Six Laws? I really like the beat and, uh, I like the trumpet. I thought that yeah. Cool. Trumpets, yeah. Um, so did he play those trumpets? Good question. So Beck actually plays a lot of the instruments on his oh. album. He did not play the trumpets. Really? Who played the trumpets on that song? They were played by somebody else. A guy named John Birdsong, according to the internet. What an incredible name. I know, or right? A horn cool. player. But yeah, no, Beck does do a lot of, um, he plays keyboards, he plays piano, guitars, uh, you know, lots of drums. He, he plays, he plays a lot of instruments. Yeah. Midnight Vultures, the album did very well. It was certified gold, did not do as well as Odalay. I'm surprised. I like this one better than Odalay. I mean, that's a, to- that's a totally Rachel to be expected. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I definitely went out and bought that album when it came out. Oh. I enjoyed it a lot. I liked the upbeat, good feeling of that song and that album. Yeah. 
we won't have time to talk about every album. So Decker, what is the other, what are the other like biggest hits or the songs that you like are just like, how have you never heard that song before? Um, I feel like E-Pro is one. E-Pro is one. Um, E-Pro is a, uh, it debuted at number two. Uh, Rachel just made a face. The album, the album Wero, the album Wero, sorry, debuted at number two. Um, E-Pro, E-Pro was a big hit. That's a good one. One of the albums <laughs> I want to talk about though was the, it's the precursor or, uh, okay. predecessor to, to Wero and that's Sea Change. Uh, so that was one that you really like. That's one that I really like. And that is one that's very different. The songs, Guess I'm Doing Fine and Lost Cause. Oh, yeah. Did I like Lost Cause. That was probably one of my favorites. Why? What did you like about it? I not only liked the lyrics, but I liked the beat and I liked how he delivered the um the song. The way so, when you say when you say how he delivered the song, are you saying that you liked the tone of it? Well, like for an example, Turn Away, I didn't like how I would rather hear just the instruments and not any of him singing and how he delivered it. Okay. But for Lost Cause and Seventh Heaven, those were two of my favorites. And I liked how the lyrics, how he delivered, I liked how the beat and everything. Are you, oh, I'm still trying to figure this out after five, five seasons. Are you saying that you like like the arrangement, like the balance of the instruments against each other? Like it feels like harmonious to you? Yeah, I think I like it. I think you just mean you like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So, um, the, the, (laughs) so, um, a couple things that, that I would say, this is probably Beck's, um, like most critically acclaimed album. Oh. I think, um, it, it didn't win. It, it's, you know, again, didn't do not quite the commercial success that Odelay was, but critics really loved it. Um, it, very sad story behind it. Oh, I don't like sad the, stories. Uh, it was written after his, uh, fiance, his girlfriend of like nine years, um, after they broke up, after oh. she cheated on him. So oh. there's, emotion, there's, there's a lot of emotion in, in that, in that album. Nine years. Wow. Yep. And so that, um, the, the music of it is also very different. The arrangement, a lot of string arrangements. Those string arrangements mm. were done by his father. Oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Turn Away. Uh huh. And, um, so Turn Away is from, uh, the album Morning Phase. And, when Morning Phase came out in 2014, um, it was kind of pitched as like a companion album almost to Sea Change. Like yeah. stylistically, they're very similar. He brought a lot of the same artists back. I, I think his father came back and did the string arrangements on Morning Phase. Um, this album was, uh, was, was big, uh, like critically. So this won three Grammys. Wow. And this one, Album of the year that really? year. Wow. I think you just shocked her a little bit. <laughs> well, I think because... the more you say all these like Grammys, album of the year, I'm like, how have I not heard this group and or band member or no guy? 
a musician. Musician. Because <laughs> um, one of the things that I was like thinking in my mind this past week, would I have heard him like in a restaurant or while shopping, like that background music? Where would I have heard him before? Well, you could de- you could definitely hear those like um the more popular songs around yeah. you'd probably have to be at a pretty cool like i don't think you'd hear it at the grocery store maybe trader joe's but i don't think like yeah. <laughs> anywhere else because what we were talking about content wise with explicit lyrics those just don't play in restaurants in the background uh-huh. right because most of the places that you're talking about where you would just randomly hear it isn't a place where they would necessarily play that but that doesn't mean that um, it's not out there, right? Yeah. And I was reading, uh, doing my own little uh, thing that he did a lot of compilation work with other artists and he did. contributed to the Scott Pilgrim versus the World soundtrack. He, yeah, he, like, that he also did a remix of the composer Philip Glass's work. Oh. Um, he, he's done a lot of experimental stuff beyond just the, the kind of commercial music. He, he issued a, a song book essentially. Like he did an entire album of sheet music and lyrics and didn't record it, but published it for people to kind of record themselves. Yeah. So he's done a lot of stuff. He's collaborated with a lot of artists. Probably Rachel won't know who any of they are. uh, (laughs) Gaga is. Oh, Oh, yeah. I remember her. Oh, he, he co-wrote, or he wrote one of, one of the songs on the album Joanne, Dancing in Circles. So I guess one way to say this, Rachel, is a couple of weeks ago, you were asking for like cool music and Beck yeah. is cool. Beck is cool. <laughs> like, Beck, is cool. Beck is cool. This is what cool music is. This is what cool music is. Cool. Well, yeah. I mean, this is like popular cool music. I'm sure there's like really cool music out there that I the coolest, don't know about. The coolest <laughs> music none of us have heard of. So I'm sure we could talk about Beck's history and his impact and his importance for another hour. But before we go on, um, Rachel, and we hear about what you thought, do you have any other questions for me or Decker about this artist? Yes. Okay. So... One of the things that I'm kind of feeling with Beck is that he's in the 90s. He's from the 90s, still popular today. Has that a little bit of grunge to him? Not grunge. Not grunge. Emotions. Yeah. Is he going to be like that Nirvana guy that's not no longer here? Are you asking if he's going to kill himself? No. Is he still alive? He's, he's still alive. He's very much oh, still oh, alive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the last uh the last song on your <laughs> playlist sorry. was released in 2019. So he's he's still alive and I thought you were literally asking about his mental health and I'm like yeah. Well, I could tell with some of his songs he's got some good cool beats and it was making me smile, but um I was just, I don't know, some of the stuff from the 90s can be a little confusing. No one can be happy all the time. Yeah. We need a song for every mood. Yes. <laughs> okay. What, <laughs> okay. Um, what were some of the other questions that you had? Decker, why do you like Beck? For me, like one of the things that um, really draws me to Beck is that you cannot define him. No, you can't. Um, the, he really like 
really pushes the boundaries of music and what genre is, you know, you know, one album can be this like noise rock, noise rock sample, you know, rap samples. And then the next album, you know, or a couple albums later is like a traditional folk album. And, you know, I mean, it's just very like, he's just like the, the, he's a, a true artist. And I mean, it's just like some of his stuff is just freaking fun to listen to. <laughs> That's fun. It's Alex, funny. You said, what about you? Yeah, for me, it's just the way I feel when I listen to it. You know, for the oldest, for the oldest songs, there's like a nostalgia piece, mm-hmm. right? Of listening to Loser and where it's at with my friends in high school, cranked up all the way to 11 in the car, you know, driving around. Um, but now it's, it's, it's literally just the way that I feel and depending on how I want to feel. I listened to this playlist all week and felt a thousand different things while I listened to it, you know? And so, um, and not necessarily lyrically, just like a connection with the story, not necessarily that he's trying to tell the story that I create in my mind right listening to it and the connections that i make between the song that i'm listening to in my own life i like those connections and i think that his music has the kind of staying power that you that i could still be listening to these songs 10 20 years later and have depth to those feelings and yeah i know it's really vague and feely it's not very scientific and number of grammys and blah 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 but no, I, I completely agree. And I think that's like one of the hallmarks of his like lyrical style is that, and, and just the way he arranges the, like his, his music in general is that you can really project onto it, you know, what, what you are your own kind of your own view. So, but really nobody cares what Decker. No, about absolutely not. <laughs> they want to, they want to know what you think. Yeah. Um, so I won't lie. There's parts of Beck that I did not like, right? And parts that I wanted to skip. So it's kind of hard to give a real high, high positive. But also there was stuff that I did like. So I would say, wait, on a, a scale s- of one to ten, one to ten, one being lost cause, you're liking Beck as a lost cause, and ten being you think you're in love. What would you say? You ready? Yeah. Six? Wow. Whoa. Okay. Wait. Whoa. What? Really? Yeah. I really like. You you liked Beck more than you disliked him. Because that's what that number would imply. By one point. Because I'm thinking by (laughs) one point, I liked it because. And that's not a, I don't want to hurt. No, my feelings cannot be hurt. No, it's, it's merely because, and this is, you ready for this? Yes. It's because of the trumpets and sex laws. (laughs) 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 Oh, well. You didn't know who they were, who played the trumpets. And I'm like, man, I like these trumpets in this song. This is cool. All right. So maybe I will like that. But then there were some songs I really didn't like, and I'm sorry, I just didn't like. 
it's okay. You don't have to justify your but it likes was the or trumpets. dislikes. It was the trumpets. So, so pr- just to cl- I, I I really feel like this is like a lot logarithmic scale because <laughs> she gave the Beatles like a seven and a half. And so you're saying like that Beck is only 1.5 below and it's like, or the Richter scale. Like there must be some sort of like, this is mind boggling to me. Well, Allie, Dolly Parton well, got like a nine. Rachel rolls, okay. <laughs> if, if the Beatles had the trumpet, the trumpet virtu- virtuoso John Bird song playing with them, maybe. Maybe I know maybe. whoever maybe. played on Penny Lane really. <laughs> okay, well, um, Decker, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot, and the nineties. Okay, and then also two thousand nineteen, and he is still alive. He is still okay, alive. So I I just want to point out that um. You know, you're getting old when you think the 90s was 20 years ago, and it's, like, straight up 30 years ago. So. It's 30. Yeah, so 30 years of music, Rachel, for you to go discover. Start with Midnight Vultures and have a good time. (laughs) Will do. Thank you so much, uh, Decker. And, Rachel, glad that you had a positive experience with Beck. Audience, if you would like to follow along with Rachel's musical journey, you can follow us on Spotify by searching for Spotify colon user colon music she missed. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Bye. 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 La, la, la.